Worship team, thank you. I shouldn't give him up like this, but um, Tommy, back here, I, mean, I am Tommy as well, but this is Tommy. He just learned at 6.30 this morning that he was leading worship. So God is just awesome. One. We good? Yeah, there we are. Hi, everybody. Do not adjust your TV set. I'm not handing the mic off to anybody today. Just a minute here. Good morning and happy new year again. That's right. I'm going to plug our discovery course, our next discovery course, which is coming up on the 15th, Saturday, a couple weeks. We're very excited about that, and we will have childcare for it, which is a blessing. The front row is a little empty this morning. A few of the elders aren't here, including Clayton and Jen. Some of them are away. Some of them are taking a break, a much-needed break. And so a little story. Oh, babe, sorry. Could you grab my water? Thanks. I got parched. A little story that parallels this situation. Uh, you'll see why. A year after college, my job was back on campus. And my wife, who was at that point not even my girlfriend yet, and I and a few friends were going to meet up at a restaurant. So they knew that we both had a thing for each other at the time, but we hadn't told anyone yet. We hadn't even told each other yet. So we both get to the restaurant. We sit at this table. These tape, we were at this booth. It was long, but it was skinny. So we were like right here. We were close. And then one by one, our friends call up. They can't make it. It ended up being our first date. They were good friends. And speaking of good friends, a few weeks ago, Greg and Michelle Haswell were here. They're our friends from Northlands Church in Georgia who have been in relationship with Clayton and Jen for years. And before them, they were in relationship with Ken and Michelle, Clayton's parents, when they led the church. Greg spoke about living out the position of an heir versus an earner in God's kingdom. An heir, someone who inherits the spoils of past victories, is given those spoils and gets the tools for success and fruitfulness that someone else has already worked for. As an heir, the wheel, so to speak, has already been invented. It's just now your wheel to steer. The wheel is represented now to people by you, which makes you an ambassador for the wheel. That's what I'm going to talk about, being an ambassador. I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians 5.14 to about verse 20 in the Passion Translation. For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and holds us tightly, because we are convinced that he has given his life for all of us. That means that all died with him, so that those of us who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives. The Passion Translation puts things quite nicely sometimes. But lives that are poured out for him the one who died for us and now lives again. 
So from now on, we refuse to evaluate people merely by their outward appearance. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one, Jesus. But no longer do we see him with limited human insight. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, a lot of translations say anyone who is in Christ, enfolded, that's a nice picture. He has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding all the world, not even keeping records of their transgressions. And he entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door to reconciliation to God. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carried the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. An ambassador takes a brand or a strategy or a way of life and makes it accessible where they are or where they go. There's an example of this in history that I'll share quickly. It's a strategy that the Roman Empire used during their conquest of the known world. I'll read you a little part of an article. Many of the conquered nations benefited from Roman rule as the Roman way of life was imposed on those conquered cities. Sorry, but it was imposed. They were conquered. That's just history. Roman, uh, Roman public baths, Roman roads, Roman water supplies, Roman housing all appeared in Western Europe. So, things that originated in Europe, uh, in Rome, and represented Rome and the emperor, were set up by Roman citizens in places that were not Rome. The result is that over time, the known world became a lot more like Rome and had the potential to be changed forever. Let's look at this through a different lens. Philippians 3.20 says, but we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. So you, a citizen of heaven, finds yourself in a place that is not your preferred spiritual atmosphere, where it may not be the easiest to live out your faith, where the culture of heaven isn't normal or a goal. What do I mean by the culture of heaven? Things like expecting God to be good, expecting his love to be evident. These are things we all try to do, but it's not always in our nature to do them. Expecting his word and his promises to be true. Expecting his power to be real and manifest. Maybe that place for you where taking steps forward in your faith is tough, is your work, or when you visit <clears throat> excuse me, family or old friends, or maybe it's your home. Our role as ambassadors puts us in a position to make things of heaven available for people in that place, simply by being aware of who we carry inside of us. To be fruitful as an ambassador, we need to consider some things about this kingdom 
In John 18, 36, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. So right away, we know something's big, something big is different from our understanding. Jesus came as a servant, and yet was king, different. He performed miracles with God's own power, different. He taught with God's own authority, different. The kingdom he brought was motivated by an outside source that we can't see, supernatural, above natural. Its effect is what you can see. Think of the wind. We don't see the wind, but we see what the wind does. Wind is even created by an outside source, not of this world. It's awesome, even the examples are the same thing. It's from the sun. It's from the sun heating the atmosphere to cause air to move because of changes in heat and pressure. It's a different kingdom. He's showing us new ways to think. As children of God, we inherit and represent, that was loud, sorry. Represent things like the mindset and the rights and the authority and the security and the power of a kingdom that our natural eyes can't see. But we're ambassadors of that kingdom. And since many of us in the room are not ambassadors to a nation by trade, I want to take us through a few qualities and responsibilities of an ambassador, and we'll see how that translates to a supernatural function. The meaning of the word, by the way, in Greek, which is presbuo, means ambassador, which is surprising. And it's not helpful if you're looking for an actual definition. <laughs> but when that happens, sometimes it's God saying, I wasn't kidding, it means ambassador, so go find out what that means. Here's a couple descriptions in no particular order from the good old Encyclopedia Britannica. Did anyone have a set of those? Yeah, I, had, I thought of those. An ambassador is the highest rank of diplomatic representative sent by one national government to another. Highest rank. So congratulations, because if you have never been or considered yourself the highest rank of something, welcome. That's you. In the spirit realm, there are ranks below you. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, in the Amplified Version, which is also great, all authority, meaning all power of absolute rule, absolute means a lot, all power of that, lots of rule, all of it in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. In other words, help the people to learn of me and believe in me and obey my words. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. He's saying, I have the authority of heaven and earth, and I delegate it to you. So go use it. It's like at a wedding. By the power vested in me, by the authority of the state government, I now pronounce you. And at that moment, the couple is thus pronounced. That is what they are now. So from Jesus' perspective... By the authority vested in me, which is all of it. I'm sorry, by the power vested in me. By the authority of heaven and earth, which is all mine, 
go do what I've been doing. He has the power to give you the power. He has the authority to give you the authority. It all comes from him. That means that wherever you are, there is someone with high spiritual authority present. And sometimes it'll be just you. Ooh. Your authority is real. And its purpose is to change the things around you to be more like heaven is. We don't have to think about what heaven will be like. We can think about what heaven is currently. Matthew 18, 18 says, Whatever you bind or forbid on earth will be bound or forbidden in heaven. It's talking there about things occurring in the spiritual realm, which does include demons. Spiritual. And using your authority to legally bind or forbid spiritual attacks. And the rest of the verse says, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Talking about releasing what heaven is waiting to send here so that earth reflects heaven. When we use our authority in faith to change things in the, in, in the invisible realm, in agreement with what heaven's already like, we begin seeing heavenly things manifest here. Hallelujah. We begin seeing healing in our bodies. We begin seeing strategies at home and at work that we couldn't see before when we were relying on ourselves. Heaven wants to manifest here. It's waiting for us to cooperate with our delegated authority. This can be a struggle for us because the enemy will lie to us about it through our thoughts. He tells us we're ineffective when we pray and speak into the spiritual realm and that it's not worth it. Romans 16.20 says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Yeah. That's a way of saying the lowest part of you is more than capable of defeating the thoughts and schemes of the devil. So when you're having a bad day, you have authority. When you sin by accident, you have authority. When you don't or when you feel weak and incapable, you have authority. When you don't know how to use it, or even that you have it, you have authority. There's a show on Netflix called The Crown about the life and times of Queen Elizabeth II. There's a scene early on in the show where they cover the final moments of the life of Elizabeth's father, King George. She's out of the country and she's notified that her dad, who has been ill for a while, is dying. She comes home to the palace and is greeted by a bowing assembly. Full bow. She has to process it, but she knows that this is signifying not just that she's royalty, she's used to that. It's signifying that the respect and the honor of the throne had been passed to her. She was queen before she knew it. Romans 16.20, most translations use the word crush to talk about our delegated authority and our rank in the spiritual realm. But the King James says bruise. 
I like that one too. Because we can leave a mark on him. It reminds him of what happened when he came up against our authority. Bruises hurt too. And some of them stay on your mind for a long time. And you have to start doing things differently because of the pain that comes back. When you use your heavenly authority, outranking the enemy as a spiritual ambassador, he begins to remember you and what you demonstrated toward him. Sometimes you'll see that he'll get sick of being unsuccessful with you in some area of your life where you're seeing victory and gaining more confidence in God, and the battle will change. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And you only flee when you need to get somewhere else quickly. It's because the enemy has to regroup and try something else to take your focus off who you are in the Lord. That's what he's trying to do. A story about this, several years ago I had a back injury that must have happened in my sleep because I don't remember doing it. I sleep like a starfish and I move around all the time. I'm out during all of it. My poor wife, she goes to sleep, never moves, wakes up in the same position, she kind of has to defend herself from what I do. So I wake up and my back is in a ton of pain. And it stays that way for around nine months. I mean, some people have this for years. I had not had something like that before, so nine months was a long time. I couldn't pick my kids up. I couldn't pick up and move packages around at work. It was miraculously healed after that long when someone prayed for it. It wasn't the first time someone had prayed, but that's how it happened. It really changed my whole perspective on the reality of healing. I could pick up my kids again. For a little while after that, though, maybe a few weeks, the pain would come back to some degree every morning. I was so convinced that the healing had really happened, though, that something in me rose up against it. I think that's where a real difference came. It was settled. It was settled in my mind. The healing had been real. When the pain would come back in the morning, when I would go take my dog out for a run, well, I wasn't running at that point, I was walking, because it hurt, I told the pain where it could go, out loud, and what I knew had already happened to it. I'll say what some of you were thinking, that sounds weird, because I was outside, in my neighborhood, in like real life. Not just like in a church where people hear that sometimes. But the pain left by the time I got back to the house, every time. And sometimes it was even gone before I turned around to go back to the house. So I got to celebrate on the way back to the house. After a few weeks of that, and it was annoying, the pain stopped coming back altogether. God is good. It was a conscious decision every day to resist what was being put before me, what my senses were taking in. When God has done something in you or for someone else, whether it's healing or success or prosperity or revelation or restoration, settling that can make a difference when we pray because it's designed to. Your hope 
which is expectant but not necessarily assured, doesn't lead your prayer. Your trust, leaning on what God has already done, what he's already built in you, and believing that he'll continue to be good, that begins to lead your prayer. And your prayers start to change. You can use that experience then to pay it forward. That was heaven's idea, by the way, not Hollywood's, if you've seen that movie before. What he's done in me, I immediately have faith that he can do it for someone else. It doesn't always happen for reasons that he knows, but my faith always says, this should happen. I just heard my son say, yes, that's cool. So when I hear about people having back problems, something in me says, they need it too, yes. It can be awkward to that person when you're like, yes, you have a back issue. I'm excited for what I'm trusting God to do. Just a few weeks ago, I had the privilege to pray for a man twice who was in a lot of back pain. Once with a group and another just the two of us, because it doesn't fully matter. He experienced some healing the first time, and this is where many of us would stop. I'm just being real. I'm speaking to myself, too, because we bothered the leader, or we bothered the friend, or we bothered God, but we got a taste of what we came for. What he died for. How much of the cross do we allow to change our lives and the lives around us? This man wouldn't settle for a partial healing, and that's commendable, really. Because our faith can wane. And because we can be okay with less than what God paid for. The more we keep being okay with it, the more normalized it's going to continue to be. I told you I'm speaking to myself too. He paid for full healing. The cross wasn't a partial job. There is no other crucifixion planned for another son of God to take away the sin and sicknesses of the world that weren't covered the first time. Jesus' body became as one wound, not half of the wound. Beyond human recognition in Isaiah 52 to cover everything at once. This man's back was fully healed after the second time. It's funny because he tried touching his toes to test the difference in the pain. And his wife was like, you couldn't touch your toes to begin with. <laughs> but he could get farther. That's my kind of victory, personally. <clears throat> That was a long description of an ambassador. Don't worry, the next two are shorter. Ambassadors represent the policies and interests of their home country. The home country of our new nature from salvation is heaven, making us citizens of heaven. The policies of heaven are elements of who God is and his nature. Let's change the word country to kingdom. We're all asked the same question every day, several times a day. 
Which kingdom's policies will you choose to represent? That one makes you think. The policies and interests of heaven are in direct contrast to the policies and interests of the devil. And they're in John 10.10, steal, kill, and destroy. Three is all it takes for him. Steal your joy, your relationships, your identity, your confidence, your security as a child of God, all of it. He'll try to steal your memory of who God has been to you. It's why I try to write down testimonies when I hear things that God does. That's why the Israelites did. Because when they didn't and they got in tough situations, they went straight back to their old habits of complaining and of feeling hopeless. There are many in this community, and the number is growing, who continually press in to seeing God's faithfulness by praying things down from heaven that are in direct contrast to hard circumstances that people are in. Thank you, Jesus, that that number is growing. If the devil wants to surprise you with bad things, let heaven surprise you with good things. When someone's afraid because they have a giant surprise expense to pay, we can call on heavenly resources, money, stuff that we deal with here, to be manifested for them from heaven. We saw a scholarship for higher education be discovered in a lady's bank account. That's good. When things hurt, we can bring it before the Lord and people can leave in a different condition than when they came in. All kinds of pain, of pain have been left where people sat, whether it was in this building or somewhere else. A young man was healed of back pain on a Sunday morning here before he made it to the sanctuary. That's good too. A young woman received prayer in someone's house for issues with migraines and anxiety and doubt. Imagine all those issues being together. That's what migraines kind of do. She melted into her chair and the headache dissipated and her trust in God grew. He's very good. We get to take him at his word. I mean, let's be honest, we get to practice taking him at his word. It takes practice. We get to believe for the miracle for everyone around because an ambassador is assigned to a location to affect the entire thing. We might end early today, so happy new year. An ambassador's personality and prestige may play an important part in making the views of his government understood. I heard an mm, so good, someone understood that. <clears throat> and may enable him to influence his government's policy decisively. Honestly, this one might be my favorite because it means that an ambassador is pointed to a place where at that time they can affect change there in a way they will do it best. That's why they're appointed. So your personality and your quirks when you're being led by the Spirit are what God sees as design. 
things that you see as an accident or overbearing or maybe underbearing, God sees as design. I met with a man in the church on the day he started a new job. Excuse me. On the day he started a new job, he had also just moved here and had just visited the church, so everything was new. And he was trying to get acquainted with a spiritual community here. It's brave, really, because not everyone jumps in quite like that. But it's awesome, and he did. He kept sharing, as we met a few times, that he was just trying to be himself at work, just, you know, telling me how things were going. Sharing that he was doing his work at the pace it should, uh, that he felt it should be done. And his bosses kept giving him more freedom to carry out his plans and his vision. That's a little bit different, too. He was given responsibility to lead a whole branch of his company. His bosses just kept saying yes to him. He began sharing his faith with his bosses, little by little, because he felt that it fit in their conversations. Just normal. It wasn't even, like, planned. His bosses listened because they like him, because he has favor. Now he gets invited to multiple meetings with higher-ups in the company, and the people get progressively higher up the corporate ladder. Some of them are invited on the basis of hearing his ideas, and a lot of the time he doesn't even know that's going to happen until he gets there. He gets to have a touch of influence in people's professional and personal lives. He keeps getting access to them just by being himself. Imagine that. It seems this is all by design because things are just fitting in place. Some of our ambassador appointments will feel official and some of them will feel subtle. They'll feel like natural life events, but there is a design behind them because you are meant to be an influence there. Bill Johnson says in his book, When Heaven Invades Earth, find out how you function best and then function. When you find something that makes you feel alive, I propose, do it. Longest proposition you'll have all day, do it. Your new nature's most natural self will have a place and time for you to take off. Jeremiah 29.11, I'll add my own emphasis, says, I know the plans I have for you when you feel the most like you. Plans to prosper you and give you a hope in a future. Esther 4.14 says, perhaps you were born for such a time as this. And other translations say, perhaps you came into royalty for such a time as this. Oh, I love that one. Now for me, the concept of ambassadorship became much more real when I realized how much the supernatural realm is involved. In that realm, heaven and hell are both watching with bated breath to see how I represent myself. I have many opportunities a day to further the cause of one kingdom. 
There's a line on the movie poster for Gladiator. It's old now. It's like 20 years old. What we do in life echoes in eternity. Eternity isn't just after you die. Eternity is happening for people right now. Ephesians 2.6 says eternity is happening right now for our spirits as they sit with Jesus at the right hand of the throne of the Father. Even as we sit here now. I don't totally get it because my body lives here and that's fine. But the word says it. So be it. What we do by day, hour by hour, even to the minute, is echoing in eternity. This was foreign to me as long as I tried to see it with natural eyes. I heard plenty of talk years after I got saved about certain things being unhealthy for my life as a believer. Those were really fun conversations. I liked horror movies. I liked heavy metal. I like to read scary books. I like to play scary movies. Here a D after all those, liked. None of it seemed to matter to me, because as far as I could see, it wasn't affecting how I was living on the outside. I didn't have a frame of reference or grid for how my actions could affect people when I wasn't even with them. My wife has not liked scary movies ever, and she married me who did. So I watched them without her. And on those nights, because that's when you watch scary movies, on those nights, when I would watch them, she would have bad dreams. I wouldn't, but she would. I didn't get it, and it was frustrating, because it was ruining my fun. She says, sorry. <laughs> so I stopped, eventually, because I was motivated by love. Funny things happen when you're motivated by love. Things change. In this situation, things changed. That began to teach me there was a spiritual component to my actions. And it was the Holy Spirit trying to get my attention about it. He hadn't caused her bad dreams, but he raised my awareness of the cause. Trying to understand a spiritual situation through natural lens won't work. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says spiritual things are discerned only through the Holy Spirit. So if you're starting to get new ideas, even if they're like, <laughs> probably they'll be like opposite to what you've been thinking, those aren't your thoughts, but grab them. Things really changed as I was sitting in my car one day, and I will end with this. I still remember this as clear as day. I was listening to music, and it hit me. The music I was listening to was affecting not just my brain as sound waves. It was affecting my spirit. I don't even think I was listening to worship or even like Christian music at that moment, but it became clear that the lyrics of that song were speaking to my spirit. I was being spoken to internally. It was like the awareness of that just dropped into me. And the question rose in my mind, is my spirit hearing lies or truth? 
It wasn't on my mind before that moment. And that's one of the ways that we can learn to discern between which of our thoughts are from God and which are from ourselves. Even though the words of the song weren't about me, the words my spirit was receiving were like it's food. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus says, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The Greek word there for word is rhema, revelatory words from God, the living spoken word. When the Bible comes alive to you, and if I live on every word that comes from God, excuse me, but I'm not feeding myself words from God, that doesn't sound like living. When something from scripture comes alive to you, even if you've never heard it before, I'm sorry, even if you have heard it before, you'll have a desire to align yourself with those words in a way that you didn't before. And you might even think, like I thought, what have I been doing this whole time? It's a sobering thought. My eyes were opened to a whole other realm of thought about my actions and about a bigger meaning of integrity. What I did and what I allowed myself to think of and focus on when no one was around, it mattered. When I exposed myself <clears throat> to, what was feeding, uh, to what was either feeding my spirit nutrition or feeding it like filler, and many of us know how filler food ingredients treat our bodies. It doesn't nourish us. My spirit won't grow. It certainly won't thrive. It won't be healthy if it doesn't get what it's designed to get. From that moment, and maybe for six months or a year straight, I didn't want to listen to anything but worship, and I wanted it on all the time. This was a a little different from the metalhead that people knew of previous years. I asked for more speakers for Christmas so I could put them around my house. I wanted to share the testimonies of this church with my kids so that their spirits could be fed the goodness of God. I wanted to read devotional books with them at night that told about how the spirit realm is active and how powerful they are in it. I wanted to unfollow a whole bunch of accounts on social media that didn't really mean anything to me. Just mindless stuff sometimes. And I wanted to start following ones that made me dig deeper into the word and into God's commitment to me. And I wanted to share them all with my wife. So I did that. We still share those things. It's one of the most fun things that, that we do. Honestly, this is fuel for me as a spiritual ambassador. Yours may look different because we are different. And I challenge you to find yours. I'm going to end and I'd like to pray for mind renewal for the whole room. It's how we receive revelation. It's how we see who we are through his eyes. It's how we see heavenly purpose behind things that feel natural 
and things that feel uncomfortable. So let's pray. Father, you are good. You are good and you speak to us. And you are waiting to drop things in our minds and drop things into our agenda. And drop things into our emotions even. How we feel about ourselves. How we feel about the people around us. How you feel about the people around us. I thank you that you have committed your message of reconciling the world to us. Holy Spirit, come and do your work that you have been planning since before time was a thing to do today, to change us today. You are only good. In the name of Jesus, amen. That's good. You want to come up? That was awesome. That's awesome. Okay, that was awesome. How was that? I was like, it can be awesome like even with applause, the... We can give him some. Great job, Tommy. If anybody would like prayer for anything, we have a prayer team over here ready to pray for you, so please come up and do that, especially if you got back pain, if you didn't catch that from the message. And have a wonderful, happy New Year week. Good morning, Free Life Church, and happy Sunday. We are so glad you've joined us today. If you are visiting in person, please stop by the Connection Corner in the lobby to receive your welcome bag and find out how to connect with us. We look forward to meeting you. Encounter Night is coming next Saturday, January 8th at 6.30 p.m. Please join us for a wonderful evening of spirit-led worship. Childcare is provided. Are you interested in knowing more about Free Life Church? Sign up for our discovery class on Saturday, January 15th to learn more about us, our purpose, and find ways to connect. Registration is open now through January 12th. Living Free is starting up again soon. We would love to help you restore a deeper connection with the Lord and find freedom from what may be holding you back. Email livingfree at freelifechurchva.com to schedule an appointment. As a reminder, our connection cards have gone digital. Simply scan the QR code on the back of the seat to access the form and let us know if you're new to Free Life Church, any needs you may have, or how we can connect with you. Remember to stay informed of upcoming events, holiday schedules, and weather closures by subscribing to our weekly newsletter. Scan the QR code or text FREELIFE to 41400 to sign up. Remember, to learn about all our upcoming events, please see the events page of our website, freelifechurchva.com events. Thanks for joining us today. We're so glad you're here.